Support for IPR comes from Corridor Vein Center and Corridor Aesthetics, treatment for varicose veins and spider veins, also providing facial rejuvenation services and treatment for moderate to severe acne. More at Corridor Vein and Corridor Aesthetics.com. Today is Monday. It is the 6th of February. This is here first from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. The Democratic National Committee has voted to remove Iowa from the early window of presidential nominating states. It puts an end to a half-century tradition of the state's first-in-the-nation status. All those in favor of approving the report say aye. Aye. All opposed nay. The ayes have it, and the report on the Rules and Bylaws Committee has been adopted. That was DNC Chair Jamie Harrison calling the vote on Saturday during the DNC's winter meeting in Philadelphia. Newly elected Iowa Democratic Party Chair Rita Hart spoke against the new calendar ahead of the vote. She says Republicans have already doubled down on their commitment to Iowa remaining first. At the same time, they feed the narrative that Democrats have turned their backs on Iowa and on rural America. In the coming weeks, our state will be flooded with Republican hopefuls, spreading this damaging message to every corner of our state. The new window for Democrats will start with South Carolina, then go to New Hampshire and Nevada on the same day, followed by Georgia and then Michigan. The DNC has given Georgia and New Hampshire more time to secure compliance with the requirement. Meanwhile, the Iowa Democratic Party issued a statement after the vote saying they will follow Iowa's state law that says Iowa's caucuses have to go first. The Iowa Department of Cultural Affairs has awarded $1.5 million in grants with a focus on making more creative places across the state. We hear the details from IPR's Catherine Wheeler. More than a million dollars went towards Iowa Great Places, which is a 10-year designation that supports communities in placemaking. Iowa Arts Council Administrator David Schmitz says many of the projects selected in this round of grant funding are in rural parts of the state where there can be bigger impacts. He says an example is Cedar County officials wanting to renovate Tipton's Hard Acre Theater, which is on the National Register of Historic Places. A lot of times we think about these projects being about preserving the past, but they're also about the future. And you know, signaling to a community that that these places are worth investing in and, and, and keeping alive for the future. Other projects included in the grant funding focus on infrastructure, ranging from public art to nature trails. The head of a Des Moines alternative education program says he's even more committed to his mission of helping at-risk youth in the city. Will Holmes heads the program starts right here and was injured in a shooting by one of the program's participants that left two other students dead. He produced a video that was posted on the Des Moines Police Facebook page on Saturday. I'm not going to sit up here and ignore the fact that we're killing each other. And we're killing each other as easy as seeing a fly on the wall and swatting it or seeing an ant on the ground and stumping on it. Our youth is in trouble. And we constantly kept doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And it ain't working. Holmes also goes by the name Will Keeps and appears with his right arm in a cast and sling in the video. He was released from the hospital last week. Starts Right Here partners with Des Moines schools to help them get their high school diplomas along with other services. And the managers of an Iowa amusement park say they will never reopen a ride where an 11-year-old boy was killed. Adventureland's general manager announced the decision in a letter posted on the park's website on Friday. He says the park spent months reviewing the safety of the Raging River ride. The company that bought the park in the wake of Michael Jarmello's death decided it would be best to focus on other park enhancements. 
Jaramillo's brother and father were also injured on July 3, 2021, when the family's raft overturned and trapped them in the water. The family's lawsuit against Adventureland's former owners remains pending in court. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. We're almost a month into the 2023 Iowa legislative session, and Republicans who control both chambers of the legislature are continuing to push their education priorities. They're also rushing to prevent a property tax increase as cities and counties worry about getting some certainty for their budgets. IPR state government reporter Katerina Sestarek is here to talk about all of it. Hey, Katerina. Good morning, Clay. So what new proposals are coming forward on education lately? Let's start there. Well, this week, the legislature is planning to just finish up their work on K-12 public school funding. Republicans agreed on a 3 percent increase, or about $107 million, giving a total state aid for public schools of about $3.7 billion. Democrats say that it's not enough to deal with the challenges that schools are facing, and they wanted a 6 percent increase. But the GOP says their plan is sustainable for the state budget. It's also the biggest percentage increase for school funding since 2015, and Republican leaders didn't really directly answer questions about whether they went with $107 million to try to get closer to the amount they're planning to send to private schools next year through education savings accounts. Governor Kim Reynolds gave us kind of a little more information about other things she's thinking about. She appeared at an event with the conservative group Moms for Liberty last week. She talked about more plans she says she has for Iowa schools. What were they? Reynolds said that she'll introduce a bill focused on what she calls school transparency. We've heard a lot the past couple years from Republicans in the state about their desire to limit access to books that they say are inappropriate for kids. But what Reynolds talked about last week is more far-reaching than past bills. She says that if a book is banned in one Iowa school district, students in all districts statewide would need to get a parent's consent to see it. And that's very different from the current process where local school boards can make those decisions. We haven't seen the governor's bill yet, but Republican lawmakers are already moving bills forward that deal with what they call parents' rights issues. Many of them are related to LGBTQ students. What are they considering here? How do you explain what's going on with this? Yeah, there's a few bills moving forward related to that, and one would prohibit schools from including gender identity in K-8 through curriculum and instruction. Another would require schools to get written consent from parents to affirm a transgender student's gender identity. Some transgender students and their families were at the State House last week asking lawmakers to reject these bills. They raised some serious concerns about their mental health and the possibility that these bills would expose them to more bullying and abuse. And Republicans moved these bills forward. Um, Supporters of the bills said that this is about protecting parents' rights to have these discussions at home and to know what's going on with their kids. All right, let's let's move to another issue that took up some oxygen last week. You've been covering efforts by lawmakers to fix what they're calling a mistake by the Department of Revenue. What's going on with that? It's not totally clear how this mistake happened, but it would cause a residential property tax increase that lawmakers don't want. 
Um, the Department of Revenue, all they've said to me is that they followed the law in making this calculation. Um, so they're, they don't seem to be admitting to a mistake. But the Senate passed a bill to prevent that tax increase. But city and county officials have been upset because now they're probably not going to get a bunch of money that the state initially told them they'd get. And that's throwing their local budget process into chaos. House Speaker Pat Grassley says that he's not sure yet if the House will support the Senate's bill. Democrats voted for it, but they also wanted the state to cover the shortfall in those local budgets. Senate Republicans rejected that idea. All right. Speaking of property taxes, Republicans had said reforming those uh, was one of their priorities in this session. Are they close to doing something on that? No. Um, the House and Senate have put bills out, but Senate Majority Leader Jack Whitver says that they're vastly different and that the two chambers are far from reaching any agreement. All right. Taking a look at the week ahead, what else are you watching at the State House, and what kind of action are you expecting? I think it's possible that public school funding gets signed into law this week to meet the legislature's 30-day deadline for that. And staffers are starting to wade through the governor's new 1,500-page bill that would reorganize state government to figure out exactly what it would do. All right. IPR state government reporter Katerina Sestark, thank you. Thanks, Clay. This is Here First from IPR News. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get them. I'm Clay Masters. Thanks for listening. And for news anytime, go to IPR.org.